welcome back to Not Safe for Lockdown, a podcast which is usually about the lighter side of humanities research, uh, but is currently about what it's like to be a PhD researcher in the lockdown phase of the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, So for the last two weeks, Jess and I have talked about personal experiences. We've talked about our daily routine or lack thereof we've talked about what it's like to be an extrovert who's not allowed to see their friends uh and then for this episode we are very lucky to have had uh, a listener contribution um so i'm gonna play a little recording that adam has sent in for us hello so i've been asked to record what it's like to live as a researcher during the middle of coronavirus And I think there are two types of responses I can say. The first is optimism. The optimism of making a shitload of banana bread, attempting to learn a new language, hola, or trying to run 5k a day. Incidentally, nominate five, run five, donate five. The NHS should never be run like that. Why on earth are we in that position? But secondly, secondly, and importantly, I think there's something to be said about the silences. The silences which are punctuated by moments of extreme anxiety and an inability just to deal with this. That's that's my experience. Um, but that said, there are a lot of people who will mouth off and tell you about either being un or productive and kind of the idea that this is a moment that should be uniform. My experience is completely different to that. There are some days I can. I do read or write a lot, and there are other days I just kind of want to run, sleep, cry, or generally have a wank. And I guess whatever your experience, I just kind of hope you're well, and keeping well, keeping healthy, because that's the important bit. That's the important bit. So, I mean, there's uh, there's obviously something I think that everyone can relate to in there, but the thing that I sort of was interested in was uh adam's ideas about optimism the the optimisms that we have experienced in this time it's so funny that i have really structured my past year and almost maybe my a lot of my identity of being an optimist i think that's maybe comes with being a woman is like taking on the emotional labor and always wanting to manage the emotional well-being of people around me and that for me that comes a lot through being optimistic um and I think uh I don't know if this is my own projection but I often like like that I I think my optimism draws people to me um and I've been really hating the fact that I go through days of just absolute pessimism and I saw some someone said something to me um recently and it was said optimism doesn't mean having to be happy every day it just means knowing that it will get better which I kind of liked and I was like oh so I can still be an optimist when I'm feeling like shit yeah (laughs) yeah I mean I will certainly agree with your assessment of yourself that uh, you're an optimist and that that is something that draws people to you it's certainly something that uh, has drawn me to you and it's something that I strive to kind of emulate myself as much as I can I especially try to be optimistic in my assessment of people and not ascribe to evil what might reasonably be explained by ignorance and things (laughs) like that um but 
I've had a quite a challenging relationship with optimism during lockdown uh, because so Adam talked about you know the optimism of like making a ton of banana bread or thinking that you're gonna run 5k every day mm-hmm. and I definitely started out like that I was like oh you know I've, I've said to my supervisors that it's probably not going to be a very productive work time so great I'll think about creative projects I'll write fiction I'll uh, make a quilt um, and then what I found is that as time has worn on and I've increasingly uh, <laughs> things haven't gone as I hoped or as I expected that now the sort of um, the half-finished quilts, the metaphorical half-finished quilts <laughs> in my apartment and the literal yeah. half-finished quilt in my <laughs> apartment is making me feel like I was stupid to be optimistic and, uh, you know, that 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 I was stupid I was one of those people at the very start of this that was kind of like surely it's not going to be that bad surely it's all gonna you know not not end up being much of something and you know I I have to admit that I was wrong Mm. um and I feel you know I feel like I'm reminded a lot that I was a hopeful person not that long ago and now I'm not I think like the hope can come in different ways like you speaking about in the last episode talking about you will see people again it's it's the it's not 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 ever going to happen we don't know when it's going to happen which is shit but we do know that it's going to happen at one point and that is like that's a small crack of hope i guess um but the the idea of this is a blessing in disguise narrative that has been doing the rounds on the twitter memes of the um parasite <laughs> And I was yes. speaking to my supervisors who said that since lockdown, um, submissions to journal articles have soared, but from women they have dropped because maybe women, obviously the natural full-time carers doing a lot of the child work, child care. But also I think my supervisor said it's the emotional labour because I said to her, I can't concentrate work when I was speaking to them anyway. These past two days have been an anomaly. You can get into that. But for the past you know five weeks I haven't been able to concentrate for 15 minutes at a time and that and it, I think that comes you know just from being struggling and struggling to be optimistic means that struggling it's hard to get anything done and I think that's kind of like what Adam gets at in his being productive or, or unproductive yeah and it's yeah it is something you know if you are the kind of person who is addicted to Twitter and uh, that is unfortunately me um yeah, you cannot miss all the academics talking about, like, it's okay to not be productive. And then at the same time, you've got people who are like, well, if you don't come out of this with this done, then, you know, what what was really standing in your way? And I think there's more of a narrative of it's okay, but it feels quite hollow, I think. It certainly feels hollow um, with the news yesterday, which was the 23rd of April, that universities are going to take an absolute pounding yeah yeah from this me going in with this idea that universities will always be these sacred spaces um my funding's going to continue there may not be a job at the end of it but universities will be safe knowing that actually universities are profit making machines just as much as the next business and they're going to struggle and they're not going to want to hire and it's going to be even harder to stay in this sector 
yeah. with that small glimmer of optimism that I've been taking with me throughout this entire PhD. They're like, I might be one of those special few who will be a permanent fixture. Like, it's now just like, oh, I need to go into the private sector. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's very, um, very much been part of the experience, you know, even like, even as optimistic people, as you say, we were already aware that we were taking a big risk by getting into academia as as young people, as women, as people who would be entering the workforce at a time when the sector is weak to start off with. And yeah, this is just kind of in the same way that it's exposed the weaknesses and flaws of so many different institutions, it's exposed uh, a lot of the flaws of, uh, of that as a plan. The other thing that Adam mentioned is having a wank. That has just not been my reality. I don't think I have ever been less horny in my entire <laughs> life. Oh my god, I am the complete opposite. It's like everything I see is kind of turning me on right now. So yeah. Obviously, the difference between living with your parents um, and <laughs> living with your spouse. <laughs> Poor Andy is. Yeah, he's um he has not experienced the same libido nosedive. <laughs> <laughs> There's a hilarious video from London Hughes, who's a comedian on Twitter, who's saying, "If you're on a lockdown with your couple, if you're a Corona couple, shut up. If you're not having sex five times a day, shame on you. <laughs> Our single women are the are the true sufferers of COVID nineteen. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think it's probably just because I've been in such a low mood for so much of it but it's just yeah it's it's very hard to get excited about it no i mean i completely understand i'm sure the novelty is also worn off (laughs) 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 but it's 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 interesting that like the 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 distraction of you know you want you sit down at your desk and then you're like you you're you get that wandering eye whether that is to have a masturbate you know masturbate or not for the past two days I've kind of I had my first ever supervision since lockdown and uh, produced some shockingly dire work but out of it it's become a very great meeting and I'm for the first time as I was telling Georgia first time since November that I've actually had an inclination to want to write as opposed to I have to write um, and I said I feel like I've got brain doms delayed onset muscle soreness from you know that feeling after you've been to the gym and your muscles are sore because my brain hasn't functioned it's been basically like a dead slug in my head and then for the past two days it's woken up and it's it's unreal to to kind of be going through this now when actually I don't know the pressure is not my tutors our tutors have been very loving and caring and saying that you don't have to produce anything Um, but yeah now things are starting to come which I know hasn't been the case for everyone yeah and I think you know if anything I think that's quite a sort of um, to come back to optimism it's quite a hopeful thing for me to hear Uh, so this week I had to At the very start of lockdown, which is five, six weeks ago now, I emailed my supervisors and said, for the next two weeks, I'm just going to focus on my teaching. And and that would take us up to the Easter break, and then we'd have three weeks of Easter break. Uh, And then, you know, that's when I would start to get into gear and think about being a PhD student again. 
Uh, and so I said that to them five weeks ago, and then I didn't speak to my supervisors, my supervisory team at all for five weeks. Uh, and then the next time they heard from me was yesterday when I emailed them and said, I know I said I thought that I'd be able to get into a routine, but it hasn't happened. And I actually emailed them uh, and said that I was thinking of dropping out. And they were very, very kind in their responses and hit a very good balance of not actively saying no, stay, because I'm sure they don't want to encourage me to do something if it's really the wrong thing for me. But, you know, gave me some good reasons to think about staying, you know, that I'm past halfway, that I might as well go through as back kind of thing. Like, I've got as far to go as as I've already done, so I might as well just try and um, wrap it up. Um, but, you know, to think that you went through four or five weeks of, of being really stuck and then well, have I basically, basically since November, or since I've had a, a, a personal issue <laughs> that came about at the end of November, I haven't been able to concentrate at all, basically. Um, and it was just something that I had just resigned to that maybe this is what happens when you're halfway through your PhD yeah um, people do talk about there being a sophomore slump and stuff mm. I found the first semester of second year really great uh, likewise yeah and then the second semester has for various reasons been entirely cursed but this this actually does happen to me I remember it happening during my masters I produced some shocking work in the second semester of my masters so it's really hard to separate what is you and what is the lockdown I think maybe Georgia don't drop out of your PhD but also your inclination to want to drop out maybe lockdown related or it might not be you might have been floating these ideas before who knows I they've I flirt with them a lot and I think it's probably something you can relate to because I think it's to do with having had a job before this and so for all that I one of the reasons that I really went towards a PhD is like I'm kind of sick of having a normal job and it's not really you know doesn't I don't find it very satisfying and stuff I have a real grass is greener feeling for a well-paid job where I have clear objectives and regular feedback and and the distinction between work time and life time yeah and your brain. but i guess um the, what, what has also made it hard is basically like um finding out also that uh second year it's going to be hard for second and first years to get extended funding and deadlines which has made me slightly panicked about the p word producing i mean yeah i i think at least being in second year and having time ahead of us while most of us might not want to go into a writing up year worst case scenario that is something that we can do and a lot i think a lot of people who go into a writing up year maybe only use two or three months of it but you get the whole year so i'm trying that's what i'm trying to tell myself is that if i lose a lot of progress this term which it looks like i will and already have uh, then at least there will be time to catch up. Yeah, there will be. And there might not be, and that might have happened anyway. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Like, you can't predict when you're going to have... Yeah, like, you know, September to December last term, I think I wrote 20, 27, 28,000 words towards wow. my thesis. Uh, two chapters. And it, the whole... All of that took me... 10 weeks like I was I was really productive 
And so I came into this semester kind of being like, it's okay for this not to be a great semester because I'm ahead, but I'd like mm. to get, you know, half that done or whatever. And, you know, I'm not going to do that. That won't happen. But at least I will still be alive at the end of it. And exactly. And it does put it in perspective, I guess, that you can just make loads of banana bread and you would have survived. And your PhD, favourite slogan, just ain't that deep. And that's okay to get to if covered helps to reinforce that then that might be one beneficial side so i want to say thank you to adam for contributing a little recording thanks adam you're a babe and if you're listening to this um and you want to contribute you can send us a comment or a message on twitter you can email us uh nsfppodcast.gmail.com you can find us on facebook uh, nsfppodcast yeah we would really really like to hear from anyone who's out there if you've been a past guest before or if you're a regular listener feel free to write to us or make a voice note uh, to give us something to talk about for future episodes of not safe for lockdown thank you very much for listening thanks for listening guys bye bye not safe for publication is a podcast by and for the research students of the Faculty of Humanities at the University of Manchester. If you want to get in touch with us, you can reach us on Twitter at NSFP Podcast, or you can email us at nsfppodcast at gmail.com. Our intro and outro music is Hat the Jazz by Twin Musicom.